Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang, Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But right now, I'm so happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Rebecca J. Johnston, and her winning book is titled Not to Keep, A Brother's Story. Rebecca graduated summa cum laude with a bachelor's in English and modern European history in 2015, and in 2017, she graduated with her master's in English from the University of Texas at Tyler. Currently, Rebecca is pursuing a doctoral degree from the University of Exeter while also serving as the vice president of the Florida Hemingway Society. She has had academic articles published both nationally and internationally, and she has received research grants from the Hemingway Society and the JFK Library in Boston. She is an English professor at Santa Fe College in Gainesville, Florida, while living nearby on an island off the coast of Florida. And we are about to find out more. So welcome to the network, Rebecca. Thank you for having me, Pat. Oh, I'm so happy. So where are you? What island off the coast of Florida? (laughs) I'm on a very small little uh, fishing island called Cedar Key. Mm. So, so lovely, huh? It is a great place to be. It's very small. There's about 600 people that live here, uh, but we love it. Oh. I want to be there right now. It sounds just so beautiful. Well, just enjoy for all of us. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will. Okay. Well, listen, congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. I was happy to hear about that. Thank you. I was was very excited as well. I feel honored. Um, It's always um, helpful to hear that somebody's enjoyed my book. I agree. I'm not a judge, so I never know until the last minute when I get all of the forms back. And so it's always like Christmas to me when I get to (laughs) open up all the emails and see what's going on. So I was happy. All right. Well, we have a short interview today, so I want to dig right in. Give us a peek into the book, Not to Keep a Brother's Story. Okay. Well, the, the book follows a group of kids as they grow up along the banks of the Swanee River. Um, and then as they become young men, they go off and serve in World War I. Um, we can see a little bit of our nation's history through them and how um, America served very, very briefly in World War I. Um, the novel doesn't focus as much on the, the military actions um, as it does in their experiences leading into the war and then out of the war. Uh, the World War I veterans came back to a nation that didn't understand them or appreciate them. There was no VA system. There was no help for men who lost limbs or came back uh, physically or mentally um, injured. Uh, they ended up in the, the Bonus Army in 1932 when U.S. veterans uh, went to D.C. to ask for compensation for their service time. And uh, in the end, Patton, MacArthur, and Eisenhower chased them out of the nation's capital and um, which, you know, actually, of course, did happen, and uh, some veterans lost their lives there in D.C. Um, so they kind of experienced this, this um, life that a lot of American World War I veterans did experience, um, and they come back and experience things in Florida, um, you know, prohibition beforehand, uh, the Labor Day hurricane of 1935 after. So it kind of gives us a, a glimpse of what life was like um, for Florida residents who experienced World War I. Um, and hopefully in seeing that, we can get a better understanding of what it's like to be um, 
a veteran or a gold star family that um, the, a bit of society that sometimes we tend to overlook, unfortunately. Isn't that so true? And you wrote something about that. Um, maybe it was a blog part of your blog post where you wrote, while we as a nation, as individuals and as churches send young men and women off to fight our battles overseas, we do not receive them for who they become through this experience. And I just found that to be so profound. It's it's something I very strongly um, believe. We, we, we tend to get upset if someone goes over and serves and they come back and, uh, and they, they talk differently. Maybe they, look a little different. Uh, maybe they have more tattoos than we want. I don't know. Um, use different words. Um, maybe they have an injury that makes things difficult um, and we don't want to have patience. Um, and yet all of that happened in, in the service that we asked them to do. Mm-hmm. I think we could be more patient and understanding. So true. Um, and probably difficult if we want to try to be fair about it we who are still here and not over there fighting, we have no idea what they went through. And they're the only ones that know that. And I think maybe earlier back in those times, it was really held close to the vest. I don't think that people came home and really talked about it much. Even today, how do we come to a better understanding? Well, I mean, I I was hoping that uh, just in reading a in reading my book and seeing the life, you know, starting as children, that we would kind of get attached mm-hmm. characters and then walk away with more empathy. I think on a practical note that we could just be more patient and kind people. Um, we don't, it's okay if people <laughs> look or dress a little differently than us. If somebody with a, I mean, I've had students with traumatic brain injuries, they need a little bit more understanding. Um, in, in a classroom, it's a little easier. Maybe this student with a TBI can't do a literary analysis, but they can do a historical analysis, so that can be shifted. In our own life, we have to look for those areas where we can make a little bit of compensation for someone, a little bit more kindness and patience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really something we need as a society in all areas, I suppose, but surely it's one that our veterans deserve. I agree. And I do agree that your book and the way it's written will create some more uh, like a closeness or a feeling, or as you said, an empathy, because you started when these these were young boys. And so you kind of get a feel for them. Why are you interested in this? It's a dual thing for me. I have a a close friend who is a Gold Star family um, twice over. Um, So spending a lot of time with her over the last 15 years definitely showed me how Difficult it is to be that gold star family. Gold star family is someone who's lost a, a direct family member in war. Um, and so she's twice over. And, and seeing that, that, you know, of course, put a lot of empathy in me for this person who has lost loved ones, um, for, because the nation asked them to serve. Um, and then the nation tends to forget, uh, what someone like her is going through. Um, but also my, my grandfather served in World War One, which is a bit unusual, um, for my generation. I'm Gen X. Um, so there's a kind of a generational gap there. And he was born in 1895. Um, clearly, I didn't know him, born <laughs> over 80 years later. Um, so there was always an interest for me in that generation and in the war. Um, and as I researched it academically, um, I, I guess I just wanted to, to know more. And in creating the story, maybe I'm filling in the gaps mm-hmm. creatively for my own uh, family stories. Right, right. Okay. You talked about the bonus army. Let's just spend a couple minutes on that because I do think that most people don't know about that. The bonus army is a very disturbing part of our nation's history. Um, the the veterans were promised 
for years that they would get a financial bonus, and the, the government just wanted to keep putting it off. I mean, the war ended in 1918, so in 1932, when they're still saying, but could we have that bonus now that we've been promised? And the government is still saying, well, let's wait 10 years. How do you expect this this person to keep waiting? Corporations that supported the war were financially compensated basically immediately, but the veterans weren't. These men were paid about a dollar a day to serve, and when they came back, they were given a suit and nothing else. There was no real support for somebody who comes back missing a limb and maybe has trouble getting a job. There was no understanding for men who maybe came back with some PTSD. Um, there was no veterans preference. There was no help. Um, so they're there peacefully protesting Anacosta Flats. They're, they've made uh, Hoovervilles, you know, the, the little camps that people made during the Great Depression. Um, they were living there peacefully. With There were women. There were children there as well. Um, and President Hoover did not like this, so close to, you know, downtown Washington, D.C. Um, so Patton, General Patton, who I grew up um, being taught reverence for, um, and MacArthur and Eisenhower's and aide-de-camp went in there and they cleared out these veterans um, using force. Um, two veterans died. Um, some children were killed. Um, and it's, it's just such a black eye on our nation. And I, I think that it's important that we remember what these men went through. It's important that we don't just look at someone who's become a national hero and remember them for the good, but that we remember that they're responsible for the death of U.S. vets on U.S. soil. Um, and, and that we remember that how we had these poor men go off and serve the nation. Of course, they were all men. Women weren't allowed to serve at that point. And then they come back and we, we just left them there. Um, their lives deserve us taking the time to remember. Mm-hmm. You talked about uh, how you grew up learning about Patton and MacArthur, and it's interesting how history is not always taught as it happened. Or I find that so often now that what I thought I knew, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a my degree is, is partially in, of course, modern European history, but there was a lot of history studying that went into that. I didn't know about the Labor Day hurricane of 1935 until I was researching for a Hemingway article. Um, because Hemingway himself was in the Keys when that hurricane hit and he went up there, um, and, uh, helped clear bodies out of trees. Um, there were over 200 U.S. vets died in that and they had been requesting hurricane shelters for their WPA camp. That request went all the way to FDR who denied it. We, we didn't even give these vets a hurricane shelter, and we had them in camps that were sometimes so close to the water that the, their campfires would be put out by the tide at night. Oh. And we wouldn't give them a hurricane shelter, and we, um, they, they, we didn't allow them to evacuate with the storm coming. And their deaths weren't even acknowledged at the time. We, the government said that they were uh, no-account drifters who'd gone off to get drunk, and they'd show up eventually. Why? Why, why would the government treat these men like this that went out and fought for their cause? There's a lot of these kind of questions I think that need to be asked um, historically. And it's a good warning to remember, you know, um, yes. <laughs> that sometimes the nation can treat veterans this way. Mm-hmm. Um, their lives deserve remembrance. Um, and there is, there is actually a monument for them in the keys. Um, they're, uh, their bodies had to be, um, the bodies that were found from that storm, both veterans and citizens, had to be um, cremated because there were so many bodies. Oh. Um, the 200 and some were just the ones not. Um, they weren't all found, of course. They you know, washed away. But uh, 
you can go down to the Keys. You can go to the uh, Historical Society in Key West. You can hear about it, although the deaths didn't happen in Key West. They do have a historical society that you can learn from as well. But um, it's something we need to remember more as a nation, I think. Thinking back on the times, would you say that society as a whole did not know about these things, about the uh, the bonus army, because all there was was, you know, a small amount of media. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have the kind of communication and technology that we have today. Um, what was it like back then? And was media complicit in keeping these things hush-hush? I would say the bonus army was very well advertised. It was in a lot of newspapers. Um, one of the, uh, the men who led it actually wrote a book about it. Well, <laughs> somebody helped him write a book about it later. Um, so it was very well known. People were not accepting of what happened to the veterans. They didn't necessarily want to give money to the veterans. You didn't want to increase taxes during the Great Depression to help them, but people did not approve of that. It's one of the reasons that um, some historians cite for FDR winning over uh, Hoover um, for the, the next election, um, that that was like the nail in the coffin for him um, in re-election. Whether or not that's the case, I don't know, but people were not happy with it. Um, the Labor Day hurricane... I wonder, I'm with you, why, why would we just assume that many men could wash away? Mm-hmm. Um, Hemingway was so mad about it, he wrote an article that was published in uh, uh, The New Masses, um, which drew a lot of criticism as well. Um, I don't know, they were, they were both well covered, so I, I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder why there wasn't more uproar mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Wow, fascinating, isn't it? Very fascinating. Very, very much. So lots of research went into this, but that's what you like to do. I mean, so that kind of fits fits in with you and what you like to do. Exactly. Right, right. All right. And what's the feedback? What have you been hearing from the book? Um, So far, I've been getting some good feedback. I did get, um, I got one slightly negative review for using some swear words. Um, So there are swear words. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. That was kind of my response, too. Um, but I've been getting some fairly good feedback, um, including this award, which was very encouraging. Um, so Yay. hopefully that, that feedback will continue to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Important topic. Touched on, I think, in a very smart way. So I'm, Thank ha- you. I'm happy that we're talking about this. So what's next? What are you working on now? Well, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still researching for my dissertation, and, and I got a little... Um, I needed a break from the heavy history, so I'm working on a comedy about two professors who decide to quit their jobs and pursue their lifelong dream of proving that Jim Morrison is alive. It's a comedy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, oh, that is awesome. How fun. Yeah, you need to you need to like cleanse your brain palate, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I need some time to laugh, so if no one else laughs at it, at least I'll be laughing. <laughs> ah, like a sorbet for your mind. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All righty. Well, like I said, short conversation, but I think we we hit upon enough just to tease people to get a copy of your book. So anything we missed that you wanted to bring up? No, I think that was, that was great, Pat. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Share some contact information. Where can folks go to find out more about you and get a copy of your book? I have a website, RebeccaJJohnston.com, um, and which I, mean, I think you can see, I, I think I'm on their website, actually, you can see all of that spelled out. Um, and my website, of course, has links to where you can buy the book, but you can also buy it on 
Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, a lot of local stores will have links for that as well. Um, you can follow me, Rebecca J. Johnston, on Facebook. I'm not quite as active on Instagram, but I'm working on it. Um, but and uh, contact information, my email is also listed on my website, RebeccaJJohnston.com. All righty. So fun. Thank you for today, Rebecca J. Johnston. And the winning book is titled Not to Keep a Brother's Story. Website, RebeccaJJohnston.com. Rebecca, thank you for caring. Thank you for writing this book. And thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for your time, Pat. I really appreciate it.